This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, March 17th, 2019. I am the gate. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for being here with us. Good morning, Facebook friends. We're so glad you're with us. And Barry, Glenn Davis in Florida is having some sound issues. Okay. I think it is so awesome that we have the capability of having Facebook Live. And when you're not able to join us, be sure to tune in at 1030. I know many of you have already. Um, kiddos. So you didn't get your whiteboards today. Do you miss them? No? So that's why we have something else for you to do. We've we decided to change it up. We have a clipboard and there's a word search, a word find. So if you'd like a clipboard with a word search and a word find, raise your hands. The ushers are going to give them out. They're all, and when you're finished with the word search and the word find, go ahead, turn the page over. You can go ahead and take some notes and draw pictures based on our message today. Parents, be sure to take a picture and send it to us at connect at connectioncc.org. White boards to orange boards. Always White boards to new. orange boards. Yeah. Okay, good morning again, CCC. This morning is second Sunday of Lent. That season of the church as we prepare our hearts and minds for the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we will continue to look at the I Ams of Jesus found in the fourth book of the New Testament, second part of the Bible, the book of John. Today our focus is I Am the Gate. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for those of us who are here at the Everett Theater and those who are joining us in their homes on Facebook Live. God, you are so good to us. Settle us in that we might be changed and transformed by your love. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. So let's just jump right in with this morning's scripture. The first part of it, John 10, 1 through 6 from the New International Version. This is Jesus. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and, and his sheep follow him because they know his name. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And so Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees kept very strict observance of the traditional and written laws of the scripture, often holding firm to the letter of the law and even doing so when it was in conflict with the spirit of the law. They tended to hold themselves spiritually superior 
to those around them, and they looked for reasons to trip Jesus up to eventually crucify him, which they did. They were at odds with Jesus, especially when Jesus did things that went against the laws, like healing someone, healing on the Sabbath. In fact, just before this scripture that Alan read in John chapter 10, we find in John chapter 9, Jesus healing a man blind since birth, and the problem was he did it on the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees brought the guy in front of them, and then his parents, and then the guy again. They were asking, um, how did this healing take place? Trying to get them to give glory to God rather than Jesus, who they considered a sinner. At the end of chapter 9, Jesus talks about spiritual blindness. And he was really uh, trying, he was implying the spiritual blindness of the Pharisees. And so that is what leads into our scripture this morning, chapter 10, with Jesus talking about the, uh, the sheep pen and entering it by the gate. According to Bible scholar William Barclay, in the towns and villages, they had, they had communal sheepfolds where the shepherds, after grazing the flocks all day, would return with the sheep at night. These, these folds were protected by a strong gate and only the gatekeeper had a key. This is what Jesus is referring to in verses 2 and 3 of the Scripture. The one who enters by the gate is allowed to enter by the gate, is trusted to enter by the gate, because that is the shepherd. The gatekeeper lets him in, or it would be them, because there are multiple uh, sheep uh, herds mingling together in this uh, sheepfold that was communal. Anyone else other than the shepherd would not be allowed to enter by the gate. So they would climb in by some other way. They would sneak in. They would <clears throat> break in. These would be those who were anything but the shepherd who lovingly cared for the sheep. It would be those who did not have the best interest of the sheep at heart. It would be those who wanted to steal the sheep. They are the thieves and robbers. And so the, Jesus says that the sheep listen to his voice. The shepherd calls the sheep by name and leads them out. In this area, unlike the other parts of the world, the sheep were primarily used for wool, not meat. So the shepherds would get to know these sheep and care for them, just like many of you may have um, pets. And so the sheep, just like your dog or cat, they knew the shepherd's voice. And as Alan said, in the communal pen, the sheep were intermingled. And so the shepherd would call, and the sheep that belonged to the particular shepherd would follow him. Once out of the pen, the shepherd would lead the sheep, going ahead, calling the sheep by name, sheep following the shepherd's voice. They won't follow the voice of a stranger. They'll run away instead. And so Jesus is painting a picture for the Pharisees, uh, trying to show them how important this relationship is. It's not just rules but there's, and regulation, but there's relationship. Um, it reminds me when I first got into ministry, and, uh, you know, in, 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 in seminary you learn all kinds of scholarly biblical information that you're just chomping at the bit to share because you spend so much money acquiring it, you know, to let others know just how Bible smart you are. Anyhow, someone shared with me, I'm not sure who now, but someone much, 
much wiser than I am. They reminded me that the parishioners in those three churches I was serving, they, uh, they uh, cared a whole lot more about how much I cared than they wanted to care how much I knowed. <laughs> yeah, caring was much more important than knowing. Unfortunately, the Pharisees aren't quite up to that point. So picking it up at verse 7, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. And so once again, we look to Bible scholar William Barclay who shares that in the warmer months, it was not unusual for the shepherds and the sheep not to return at night to the village, but to just kind of camp out on the hills there, and, and they would collect their sheep into these sheep folds that were uh, right there on the hillside. Uh, the, these sheep folds were often just open spaces that uh, it was a pen created by just a pile of rock kind of in a circle, and, and the wall would have an opening that allowed the sheep to go in and out. It did not have an actual gate. It was merely an opening, and, and so there's no gatekeeper, no gate. The shepherd was the gate. At night when the sheep came in, he could hold his staff low, and they would have to kind of take their time, and he could look at them, the sheep, and see where they'd been cut or bruised during the day. He could care for those cuts if need be. And then once they were in and getting settled, that shepherd would lay across that entrance and literally become the gate. Reminds me of youth work when we used to go on trips, and you'd lay across the door. Uh, Almost, right, Bonnie? Anyway, and those sheep, if they wanted to leave, I mean, they would literally have to crawl over the shepherd, and that would awake him. So he became the literal gate for those sheep out there on the fields. So that's the image that Jesus was painting to the Pharisees here, the picture as Jesus as protector of the sheep, uh, of Jesus not as the gatekeeper, but as the shepherd who literally laid himself down he became the gate, laying across the opening when he allowed his sheep to come in and go out, when he laid himself down, laid his life down for the sheep. Mm. And Jesus reminds those listening of those who came before Jesus, the, the thieves and robbers who did not care about the sheep but only about themselves and what they could get from the sheep. And perhaps Jesus is speaking of of those leaders from the past, you know, those, the ones we read about in the Old Testament who uh, were far from God. You, you read of some very close to God leader, but some more often the far from God leaders, the ones who would lead the people astray, leaders who followed idols, followed other gods, who were far from God, who disobeyed God, who, who ignored God's holy word. He's not talking here of the great succession of faithful prophets and rulers, judges and kings, those who listened to God, who followed God, who were faithful. No, he's talking about those who would draw us away. On the other hand, perhaps he's talking to us of, for, for those who came, those things and people who come before Jesus in our lives, those, maybe those things in the past, those, those times in the past where we made mistakes, 
those times in the past where we, we, we were far from God, those times in our past where we, uh, uh, we can't let it go almost, those times, those things that haunt us, those things that remind us that we aren't perfect, that we make mistakes, that we are less than. Maybe it's people who do that for us. Maybe it's situations that we've engaged in or been a part of. Maybe it's just circumstances of life that draw us away from God, and we, uh, they are the thieves. They are the robbers who want to steal our lives and drain the very life out of us. But the sheep, Jesus shares, they don't listen to these thieves. They don't listen to these robbers. The sheep, these faithful sheep, listen for the voice of the shepherd, the one who brings them in and out of the sheepfold. And then in verse 9, in verse 9, Jesus brings it all down into one sentence. Jesus says, and say it with me, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus is the gate. Say it with me. Jesus, Jesus is, is the, the gate. gate. One more time. Jesus, Jesus is, is the, the gate. gate. He's the gate to heaven. He's the gate to an everlasting relationship with God. He's the gate to eternity. He is the gate to new life. He's the gate to being born again. He is the gate to salvation. Amen? Amen. Whoever, whoever, we're told, enters through him will be saved. Will be saved. Whoever. Not just the chosen few. Not just the ones who have not made a mistake. Not just the ones who follow the voice, the rules without a hitch, as the Pharisees would have us want to believe. Whoever enters through him will be saved. Notice, will. Not might, not could, not would. Will be saved. Do you hear that? Do you believe that? I will be saved. You will be saved. We will be saved. Say, I will be saved. I will be saved. Amen. You know, this culture that we live in, is pretty confusing. And I say this because it's what is known as a pluralistic society, a pluralistic culture, a culture where many people believe that there are plenty of paths to salvation, many avenues to eternity, a range of roads to righteousness, a lot of ways, a lot of highways, different highways to heaven. There are people who say, I'm okay, you're okay, as long as we don't get in each other's business, and you're a good person, you go to heaven, I go to heaven. A lot of people believe in pluralism as a way to get to God, and we're here to tell you that that is not true. That is not true, and it is because Jesus says all throughout Scripture, from cover to cover, through the God and Christ and the Holy Spirit, gives us the truth. And in this particular Scripture that we're saying, the truth that we're hearing today is, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus is the gate. Say it with me. Jesus is the gate. The gate. Jesus and Jesus alone. He doesn't say, I'm one of many gates, does he? He says, you can pick a gate, uh, you know, like, let's make a deal. Pick gate one, two, or three. No, there's only one gate, and that's him. He said it. He meant it. Otherwise, 
if there are other gates, if there are other paths, if there are other roads, if there are other possibilities, why in the world, why in the world would Jesus allow himself to be stripped and whipped, berated and beaten? Why did he allow himself to be hung on a cross like a common criminal to suffocate and die one of the most painful deaths known to humankind? Why would he do that if there were other ways to get there? Right, it doesn't make sense, does it? He'd have to be a complete moron to do that when there, uh, you could not, that wasn't necessary. If there was some other way, why in the world would he allow uh, himself to be, uh, have that happen? And, and even more so, why would his Father in heaven, the God of all creation, the, guy that, the God who blew breath into you and to me, why would our Father in heaven allow his one and only Son to suffer like that if that wasn't necessary? It doesn't make sense, was there? does it? If there's some other way. And that's because there is no other way. Truth is, there, there's no other way. Like I just said, we're going to look at that a little closer in a couple of weeks. It's another I am. Jesus says, I am the way, <laughs> the truth, and the life. Verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so Jesus has been talking about robbers and thieves throughout this passage. Those who don't have the best interest of the sheep in mind, those who are only out for themselves, those who would pull us away, steal our joy, kill our dreams. And it, it's like I said, a variety of things. It can be the mistakes we've made, it can be our regrets. It can be those things that continue to hold us from the past, be it people, situations, circumstances, things we've done, things we haven't done. Yeah. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And so the ultimate thief then would be none other than Satan. Those other things we talked about, people, situation, circumstance, pull us away from God rather than leading us toward God. Those robbers and thieves are mere minions of Satan, pulling us into his reign of evil. Satan is the ultimate one when it comes to stealing our joy, killing our dreams, destroying our lives. He wants us to hold on to that past, that pre-Jesus past. He wants us to hold on to those mistakes. Satan's the ultimate when it comes to trying to get into the sheepfold by some way other than the gate. And so the extreme opposite, the opposite end of the spectrum is when Jesus, the shepherd, who cares for you, who cares for me, we are his sheep, who loves his sheep, who lays his life down for the sheep, Jesus says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Another version says, in abundance. Abundance. This is so important for us to remember during this season called Lent, the season where it's important to do some inside work some work in our heart, some work where we need to kind of say, okay, God, I, 
I really mess up. I'm a sinner. I need you. I need you. And this work is so important because we don't want to jump from right now till Easter. Oh, glorious, he's, he's risen. No, we need, because that, that doesn't even mean a whole lot unless we look inside and see why we need a Savior. It is so important to remember, to consider that Jesus was arrested. He was whipped. He, he was hung on a cross, sentenced to death. And he even forgave those who, were, who did it. He forgave them. He suffered agony, agony, giving his sinless life for our sin-filled life. And why? Why? Because he came so that we might have life and have it to the full. To be abundantly full with joy to be the people that God intended for us to be when God first thought of us. And so there's three questions that I'd like to ask. First, do you ever feel insignificant? Do you ever feel like you don't matter? Like if you weren't here, nobody would even notice? Have you ever felt like that? Well, here's the truth. You matter to God. He's the good shepherd. He knows your name. Have you called out to him? Have you said his name? Question number two. Do you feel like the challenges of life have just piled in on you and that they are insurmountable? Do you feel like there's relationships or a relationship that you've been working on, working on, working on, and it's just not getting any better? Or you're feeling very hurt or wounded? Do you feel like you're in a job that is just empty? Or maybe you're searching for a job and can't find a job. Do you have health challenges that just have you defeated? What about your finances? Are you struggling? We all have times like that, and sometimes it just piles in, and we think that we can never dig out. You're not alone. You are not alone. Even when you feel alone, even when you think you're alone, you're not alone because he is the good shepherd, and he knows your name. Are you calling out to him? Are you uttering your na uh, his name on your lips? Question number three, do you feel like Jesus can't love you because you've messed up so much? That how could Jesus love me? I have done this or I have done that, and then I do it again. Jesus cannot not love you. Jesus equals love. Jesus is love. Jesus came Jesus loved you first so that you could love that love others. You matter. He is the good shepherd and he lays his life down for the sheep. We do not have to live lives full of regret, full of defeat, full of fear, full of unforgiveness. We don't have to have those chains bind us anymore. Yes, we don't. We can live a life of hope and joy, and peace, and love, because that's why he came, and that's he is the good shepherd, and that is the truth for each one of us. 
He knows you by name. And it's important for us to call him by name, to utter our need for our Savior. He loves you. And so he just asks us to have this life and to submit and to be obedient and let him be the leader, lead us around, you know, that sheep pen or out, order our steps. And we can do that because we can trust the shepherd since he knows us by name and, in fact, loved us so much that he would die for us. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we just claim your holy name and we thank you. And if there's anybody here in this, in this theater right now who's feeling discouraged, and I know that there's a lot of us here that might be feeling discouraged or hurt or chained up or just burdened with stuff. Lord, help us all leave a little lighter knowing that you call us by name, that you are the good shepherd who laid your life down for each one of us. God, we thank you and we praise you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I know this theater is kind of awkward to get up and move, but we want you to know that we've got some people over here that are willing to pray for you. So if you don't want to get up during the song and walk over there, they'll be here after the service is over so that they can put your needs before God. Let's now stand and worship our one true God. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.